Shabbat Shalom. While our Orthodox colleagues are celebrating the second day of Shavuot this Shabbat, uh, along with uh, all of the Israeli Jews, uh, the Reform Movement is celebrates only one day of Shavuot, and therefore we're moving on to the weekly Torah portion. In the Orthodox world outside of Israel, there is a special Torah portion for the second day of Shavuot, but for us, we're moving on to Parashat Naso in the book of Numbers. Uh, and the way we consolidate the readings with our Orthodox brothers and sisters in the United States is we've divided this Parsha, which is the longest Parsha anyway, uh, into two, Naso 1 and Naso 2. So we'll deal with another passage in Naso uh, next week. And it's fortunate for us that it's the longest Parsha in the Torah. Anyway, there's much to learn. The Parsha contains a description of the Nazarites. These were people who took special oaths, special vows of obligation that were not incumbent upon anyone. They took it voluntarily. It could be either a man or a woman who wanted to have a special uh, connection with uh, God by imposing on themselves additional restrictions. And uh, there were three main prohibitions that the Nazarites voluntarily entered into. First, he or she avoided all grape products, in particular alcohol. Second, a Nazarite did not come into contact with a dead body. And third, and perhaps uh, most famously, uh, Nazarites, during the time of their Nazarite obligations, did not cut their hair. They would leave their hair long, unkempt, flowing, and that was the most obvious exterior sign of a Nazarite. Uh, you could see a Nazarite coming from afar and know it would be a Nazarite because of his or her long, unkempt, flowing hair. The most famous Nazarite of all was somebody you might have heard of, Samson. Operas have been written about Samson, novels, articles, drama, theater, most specifically with his uh, interaction with Delilah. <clears throat> By the way, I'm not considering becoming a Nazarite. This hair is simply a result of all of the hair salons in New York still uh, being closed. Uh, the rabbis actually frowned upon the Nazarite practices, they said in a beautifully down-to-earth way, what, aren't the prohibitions that the Torah imposes on you enough that you think you must add additional prohibitions voluntarily? In other words, they said, are you crazy? Life is difficult enough as it is. Why add additional restrictions upon life that is hard to begin with. These so-called acts of additional piety are not necessary. In fact, they detract because they give the impression that holiness, spirituality, is about imposing restriction upon restriction upon restriction, ever more restrictions. And thus, you get confused and you confuse other people that religion is more about form than about substance, the outer appearance. You begin to believe that you're holier than the next guy because you've imposed upon yourself additional 
prohibitions that the next guy, the other guy, didn't impose on him or herself. And because the rabbis were uncomfortable with this, ultimately the Nazarite institution as an institution fell into disrepute. We do not have Nazarites today because the sages felt that it was one step too much. Yes, they believed in piety. Yes, they believed in honesty and sincerity and authenticity, but this was one step too much for them. And that's the reason that uh, we don't have Nazarites today. They Rabbis were not big, and Judaism in general was never big on self-denial, on self-affliction. The purpose of religious discipline is to attune us to a larger reality, to be more sensitive to this remarkable story of the human condition and our role in society. The rabbis were clear in emphasizing that Judaism is not about placing unnecessary restrictions on yourself. Others can refrain from drink, and socializing and even uh, having no social interaction at all. You know, there are religious disciplines where the height, the pinnacle of piety is to lock yourself up somewhere on a mountaintop in a monastery and not talk to people. They could not talk to people for months and even years on end. From the Jewish perspective, not to talk to people at all, that's not piety, that's Torture, actually. We were never big on asceticism. Even the limited asceticism of the Nazarites was too much for the rabbis. And we don't see Jews today, neither men or women, who even yearn to be Nazarites because the rabbinic institution demolished the status of the Nazarite even centuries, millennia ago. The sages insisted, to the contrary, do not refrain from legitimate enjoyments in life. They emphasized, each of us will be called to account by our heavenly creator for all of the legitimate pleasures we denied ourselves in our lives. And even the fast of Yom Kippur was never intended to be a uh, fast for the purpose of self-affliction. That's not what it was about. What, rather, as the rabbis say, it was about the need to come closer to God, to come closer to what is important in life. The Talmud says, whoever fasts for the sake of self-affliction is termed a sinner. The merit of a fast day lies in the charity dispensed. In other words, what the rabbis are saying, the merit of fasting on Yom Kippur is that you feel hunger. And so you create an impulse in yourself to identify with those who are hungry and you dispense tzedakah, you dispense charity as a result. In Judaism, holiness is not exhibited through self-denial, asceticism or ritual, piety. Mm -hmm. Holiness is expressed through ethical actions, repairing the world through moral deeds and by setting moral example. Our sages were skeptical of those who felt that religion must be dominated by the most extreme, the narrowest, the most orthodox interpretation of all, the most literal interpretation of all. I feel the same today. Judaism was always pluralistic and reasonable. 
We argued it out. We tried to persuade one, an one another. There were no diktats. There was simply uh, an effort to interpret God's will. And uh, more times than not, certainly it's the case in the mainstream of Judaism, in the rabbinic tradition, that interpretation was never literal. It was, the rabbi said, there are 70 faces to the Torah, dozens and dozens of possible interpretation, not an unlimited amount, but also a high number. And um, it always amazes me that there are people in every religion who believe that God wants the narrowest, the strictest, the most conservative interpretation of all with respect to uh, the biblical verses. And contrary to what people might think, Judaism, and in particular the rabbinic tradition, was never literal. That's how, for example, you can have dozens of verses in the Bible that mention capital punishment and even the method of how to execute people. Uh, and uh, the Talmudic sages uh, decreed already close to 2,000 years ago that capital punishment is beyond the scope of Jewish practice. How could they do that? They emphasized that what you read in the Bible doesn't mean literally what you think it means. We are charged with the interpretation and the rabbinic uh, method of interpretation was always much more mainstream, much more reasonable and science-based, evidence-based than uh, what uh, many people uh, want to suggest today. So I want to uh, reiterate again, our understanding of Judaism, that Judaism is first and foremost focused on ethical behavior, moral behavior, deeds, is the mainstream understanding of Judaism. It is those in our community who are fundamentalists who actually are distorting Jewish tradition and the Jewish spirit in seeking moderation, persuasion, logic, reason uh, throughout all of our lives. And it's actually the fundamentalists who are distorting the basic mainstream Jewish tradition. Even the relatively minor additional prohibitions that the Nazarites imposed on themselves were too much for Talmudic sages. And if you wanted to understand Judaism in one sentence, you could do a whole lot worse than the one sentence that the great, one of the greatest of the great sages of the Jewish people, Hillel, stated himself in the Talmud. What is hateful to you, do not do unto others. That is the whole Torah. All the rest is commentary. Now go and learn. Shabbat Shalom. 